Well, hello, I'm here with Caitlin to talk about UEFI security and some articles about Florida, which I'm sure we'll have an explanation of. But the first one I got is the, what struck me as the most important one, the CISA has issued a statement uh, about UEFI security. And uh, it is surprising to me that they would do this, but um, apparently there is a root kit called Black Lotus that is spreading. It's a boot kit. It infects your machines, so it's infected before it even boots up. And therefore, your antivirus doesn't get any chance to detect it or do anything about it, nor the operating system. And they are faulting Microsoft, saying that their implementation of UEFI does not correctly use the cryptographic keys in the right manner, but instead uses one key to sign everything and makes it possible for the attack to fool the UEFI system, which kind of defeats the entire purpose of it. Now, Microsoft put in this system to compete with the iPhone. They've been talking about it ever since Windows 8 because the iPhone has a complex series of cryptographic signatures used every time it boots up, which makes sure that it's booting a genuine operating system. And Microsoft has attempted to duplicate that and apparently failed. So uh, many people are yelling about it. And uh, so the uh, CISA is urging people to take a secure by design approach. They say... Um, Customers that buy a computer should expect that it has reasonable security and a reasonable confidence when you boot it up that it is the genuine operating system and not a poisoned one. And the current systems don't pass that test. So that's a statement from the government. And now let's go to Caitlin with her Florida, first Florida article. Right. So, gosh, Florida is having a lot of problems right now. And I didn't want to bring up the the exact problems in, in, in today's podcast because it's it's pretty depressing. A lot of people are leaving Florida. There's huge brain drain in the state, um, and this has to do with a lot of the policies um, being put forth by their governor. Uh, so I thought this would be a good time to explore what Florida man and Florida woman have been up to in the past few weeks. From these articles, I don't think they have very much brain in the first place to drain. Well, okay, so the... the you may be wondering where Florida man and Florida woman comes from. Well, Florida has this law, and it's a really great law, uh, that they have to make their police records public. Now, most states do not have this. Florida does have it. It's a public records law. And they have to obviously blur out the names and stuff like that for privacy. But all the arrest records, everything is public. I think this would be made standard across every state. But it's only standard in Florida, so that that's where Florida man and Florida woman comes from, is uh, Florida's transparency laws. So, uh, first on the on the block today, uh, as we as we look back at Florida and, and all it's given us is an a article about a Florida man who posed as a U.S. marshal, and this is by Matt Treza on Fox Thirty Five. Uh, so let me pull up the article here. So this guy ran down the street in his car. Um, and had the lights on his pickup and everything and just pretended to be a U.S. Marshal in his truck and thought this would be okay. But apparently this is not okay. It is not okay to get around traffic with, with fake police lights on your car. But this is what this person did. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, they found a gun in the car, of course. <laughs> Well, I think uh, it's illegal not to have a gun in your car in Florida. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah, this is this is something you should not do. Uh, 
let's pretend to be a a police with flashing lights uh, to to go faster in your car Maybe and, you should, and carry a gun in your car at the same time. Maybe you should tell them about your background image. Oh, my background image. Yeah, let me pull that up. So let me erase myself. Um, so this was taken Saturday night. Um, so Cygnus is currently overhead, the Cygnus constellation. And within Cygnus, there's a wonderful amount of nebulae. And one of the most famous one is this. This is the Veil Nebula, the West Veil Nebula in the constellation Cygnus. And what you're seeing is largely true color. I do have some light pollution filters, um, which I think is taking away from some of the oxygen um, in the image, which is the the blue. But the deep red is absolutely the color of of this nebula because most nebula are hydrogen. And when you excite hydrogen, it gives off basically a, a very distinct red and almost infrared light. And the camera that I have um, will actually not block IR. So the most cameras have an IR filter on it to block IR. Mine specifically does not. So because I am capturing hydrogen alpha spectra, um, so that's that's the background. Okay, good. All right. Um, so I was real pleased to see this. Uh, the FCC finally busted the robocall people that sent those car warranty things. They're an article on digital trends by Trevor Mogg. And so they these people sent 1 billion calls, uh, 5 billion robocalls to 500 million phone numbers in a three-month period in 2021. I think we all got a dozen of these calls. And the FCC has now uh, put a $300 million fine on them for the largest illegal robocall operation the agency has ever investigated, which sounds pretty good, except what I don't find here is any clue that they've actually caught the bad guys. They um, say if they don't pay, then they'll turn it over to the Justice Department. So I wonder if, because I would think the guys would just hide, incorporate in a foreign country or something to evade this. And uh, so we'll see if anybody actually pays this or goes to prison or anything. But anyway, um, they did stop it, though, by just asking the telephone carriers to stop carrying it. And that cut it down by 99%. So there's that. But as far as that huge fine, I'm not so sure anybody's ever going to pay it. Anyway, let's go back to Caitlin with uh, another argument about guns in Florida. Yeah, so there was a heated argument about gun safety in a household. And so I'm I'm currently looking at the uh, lawandcrime.com uh, article by Jerry Lamb. <clears throat> And so there was an article, there was a conversation in a Florida home over gun safety. So one person did not want, you know, guns in the home because, you know, they were unsafe and everything. So obviously um, there was a shooting and someone got shot pretty badly, like six gunshots over this argument over gun safety, which is amazing. Can you think of uh, the, the next article is the only article more Florida than this one, but this is pure a hundred percent florida <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so so yeah let me pull over, pull up the article here so the article is titled florida man shot and killed aunt's boyfriend immediately after heated argument over gun safety <laughs> so so uh the the aunt's boyfriend uh did not want guns in the house because of you know gun safety and the guy was so incensed that you know how dare you say i can't have my guns that he shot him not once not not by accident shot him six times he was unresponsive, and uh, they had to come in 
you know, do this. And unfortunately, I mean, this obviously there's there's children involved, and this is this is very sad. Um, but yeah. also, like, yeah, no, this is why you don't have arguments with people who are heavily armed. Yeah, it does sort of suggest that the gun safety issue was a real one. You know, yeah, I mean, you you maybe maybe the aunt's boyfriend had a good point here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there was an article I saw from Mastodon. It's pretty interesting from a foreign country. I'm not sure where, uh, but blog by Pyotr Mezerjewski. I'm probably getting his name wrong. <laughs> but the point is, he explains what's going on with credit card fraud. He runs a store of some sort, and he got a bunch of warnings from the Stripe system that people were trying a lot of fake credit cards. And he explains what happens, which is pretty horrible. If you run any kind of store and you take credit cards, he says, you will get a ton of fraudulent charges on stolen credit cards, and you have to pay like $20 for each one for a chargeback, or you have to pay some other fee, which is also large. You're always on the hook for it. And he says the real problem is American companies will process credit card transactions that have the everything wrong except the credit card number, the wrong expiration date, the wrong name, the wrong CVV. They just ignore all that and process it anyway. And then the poor um, store loses 20 bucks for it. And he says it's it's pretty gruesome. That's why I think, you know, gas stations have one price for credit and one price for cash and restaurants tend to. And you can see why um, it's pretty gruesome. I didn't know that. I thought the whole point of things like the CVV is it wouldn't process the transaction without the CVV. But apparently they often do. And then the merchant ends up paying for that. So that's rude. Anyway, let's hear this uh, next story, which is the best, I think, of all from Florida. Yes, no. So, so of, yes, of all the Florida stories, this is the most Florida of all Florida stories. Uh, so I'll just jump right in. That's that's not very believe. Uh, so this is an article from the Miami uh, CBSnews.com. And uh, a Florida woman was sentenced after she pulled an alligator from her pants during a traffic stop. Which, oh, my gosh. Yes, this is pure absolute pure florida this could only happen in florida so the police pulled over this woman and she was out like collecting animals i'm not quite sure why but you can see here she was collecting like turtles turtles and stuff um and she just ran a stop sign and she got pulled over and yeah they found frogs and snakes and stuff and so she says she was collecting them from like an underpants but what really got strange is like you know the cops were like okay let's see all the animals and she then pulled in this alligator out of her pants. <laughs> well, he wanted to keep it warm, I guess. Yes. yes. Um, oh, my gosh, Florida. You know, you're going through some stuff right now. I get it. Um, but I wonder if any of that is illegal. Apparently, there is. they, they do have a case pending. Uh, so it, it is going to court uh, over, you know, what's going on. I don't know what what the deal is, what the details are specifically about collecting the animals, where they collected them from and what they're doing with the animals. Yeah. And Maybe so it's how many turtles you can harvest or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you know, if any of those turtles are maybe endangered, I don't know. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll see. All right. And the last one I got here is Brian Krebs has an article about malicious Android apps. This has been a problem right from the beginning. The Android app store has malware in it. Google scanning is not effective. And he, there's a new technique discovered by people at Threat Fabric of adding malicious code to an Android app and adding some 
not completely defined, alterations to it so it will register as invalid when scanned by Google's tools, and they will then let it in the store with the malware in it. Um, so APK Analyzer is one of the Google tools that fails to parse such malicious applications. And this has been around for quite a while. I remember when I first learned how to hack Windows executables and Android executables, I thought code signing would mean you can't modify the code, but it doesn't at all. The code signing only applies to certain sections of the file and other sections can be modified. And there are a series of exploits against code signing. Another one that happened to Android years ago was you could put in two files in the archive with the same name and it would only check the sum of one of them. The other would go through unnoticed. And this sounds like a similar thing. So uh, code signing sounds like a sure protection, but it's not just like in UEFI, signing the bootloader sounds like a sure protection, but it's not. In both cases, there are ways to skip past it. So uh, anyway, I think they're patching this one at Google, but there will probably be a bunch more coming after it. Anyway, I guess that's it for this one. I have another one on Tuesday, most likely, although uh, Hacker Summer Camp may disrupt our schedule a bit.